Welcome everyone to the podcast, Trig Talks, a podcast that gives me the opportunity to talk and you the opportunity to listen to what I'm talking about. And this morning we are going to be talking about a very important subject. The subject we're going to dive into today is the subject of meditation. Should meditation have a role in your daily life? Meditation is definitely a word that we are familiar with in our Christian circles. Joshua chapter 1 and verse 8 and Psalm 1, 1 and 2 deal with that. You know, Psalm 1 talks about, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, nor standeth in the way of sinners, or something like that. But verse 2 says, But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law does he meditate day and night. And then Joshua 1.8, again, a very familiar passage of Scripture talking about the law, saying we should, Joshua, you know, if you're going to be successful and you're going to be prosperous, then you need to do everything that's in the law. And in that law, you need to meditate day and night. So right there in these two passages of Scripture, we are told that we need to meditate in the Word of God. And we've heard messages preached on that. We have heard people tell us that. But what does it really mean to meditate? You know, Joshua is getting ready to go into this huge battle. He's getting ready to go into the promised land, and he's told to meditate before he goes into battle. Man, that sounds like Eastern mysticism, meditating before my martial arts fight. Is that what we're talking about? Well, we know that's not the case. But when we think about meditating, what exactly does that mean? So if, again, if, if you've heard speaking on this, you've probably heard someone say that this means chewing the cud. Now, if you had the privilege of growing up in southeastern Ohio like I did, you've seen cows standing out in the fields chewing the cud. So they have their chambers in their belly, and they'll eat some alfalfa. And I don't want this alfalfa right now, so we'll store it in my stomach chamber. Later on, when I get hungry, I'll pull that back up, I'll chew on it, and I'll enjoy it. Kind of like my daughter carrying a backpack around with her everywhere she went when she was little full of snacks. She never knew when she was going to get hungry, and she could not stand the thoughts of being out and being hungry, so she took snacks with her everywhere she went. Matter of fact, she still does that today. She was with a friend on Sunday afternoon when we were out kayaking, and we were all hungry, and we all were joking. If Candace was here, we'd be fine because she'd have her snacks with her. So she, she had those there that she could just chew on. She knew it was there. She could chew on it when she needed it. Okay, that's the idea that, that we've heard that this word means meditate in the Hebrew. And it's close to that. As you look at Joshua 1.8 or as you look over in Psalm 1, it's that idea to muse, to mutter, to chatter. So, so it's the idea they're saying it to themselves. They're talking to themselves, but they're talking to themselves God's word. And so we meditate on it by memorizing it, by knowing it, by hiding God's word in our heart. And then we can go and we can chew on that later. We can think of that later. We can meditate on that later. So this idea then of meditation that, that's coming across, it, it's definitely um, something that's verbal. And many will say this will be the memorized word of God as I'm just muttering it to myself as I go on through my day. So is that all we need to do? 
Is that the extent of meditation? We just need to memorize the Word of God and then just muse on it through the day, just kind of say it back to ourselves, or is there more to it than that? Martial arts was a huge part of my life growing up, and really until my kids were in upper elementary and it just became too time-consuming for us to continue in it. And it was something that I was around my whole life. My dad was in martial arts and taught me martial arts. But I remember as a kid just begging dad to teach me. Dad, teach me martial arts. Dad, let me go to a, a martial arts school. I want to learn more martial arts. And, and it wasn't just because of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles or the Karate Kid. It was just really a desire that I had to learn the martial arts. It was something that I loved to watch. I enjoyed and enjoyed watching my dad do. And I wanted to be part of that. And so I would say, Dad, teach me. Dad, teach me. So finally... After begging and begging as just a little guy, he said, okay, here's the deal. If you can go down and get far enough into a split that you can touch your nose to the ground, I'll start to teach you martial arts. Well, he thought that would just kind of, you know, throw me off and, and let me do my thing and, and go away from it. But it wasn't. It was just the opposite. It was a goal. It was something for me to shoot for. It was something for me to do. And I couldn't wait to do it. And so day in and day out, day after day, night after night, I just kept working on that, doing that split and working on doing that split and stretching and stretching. And finally, I was probably a six or seven year old. I was able to get down. And remember, my torso wasn't very long, so I had to get down pretty far to get my nose to the ground. And man, I remember the day I said, Dad, watch. And I did my split, put my nose on the ground. And he's like, OK, I'll start to teach you. And then he started to teach me martial arts. But I really, after that, wanted to go to a martial arts school. And, Dad, I want to take real classes. And, Dad, let me go take classes here. Dad, let me go take classes there. And he would never let me do it. And the reason he wouldn't let me do it is because he was saved while he was doing martial arts and, and advanced in the martial arts. And after becoming a Christian, he was able to see through the meditation aspect of what was going on and he knew that was not something he wanted me part of even now if you go to teamusa.org the taekwondo website for the united states martial arts team taekwondo team they have a paragraph that says meditation and taekwondo all martial arts for that matter go hand in hand meditation and taekwondo go hand in hand in fact athletes who have worked with us have reported that they feel and perform better when they meditate regularly as part of their training. So there's no doubt that there's a, 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 an Eastern mysticism. There is that pole of meditation that, that comes into the martial arts. So obviously, when the United States Taekwondo Association is talking about meditation, they are not talking about chewing the cud, right? We're not referring to Psalm 1-2, and we're not referring to Joshua 1-8. So should meditation then even have a part of our talk today? Or should we just throw that word out completely and just say, hey, chew on the scriptures, memorize it and, and think about it every now and then pull it up when you need it? Well, really, that, that has been a mindset that we've taken. And, and back early in my ministry, the emergent church didn't help with that at all. You know, this was a movement that was taking shape and, and many people were standing up against it. Uh, in, in the church, they started to emerge with this mysticism, and, and it brought uh, popularity to yoga and, and other forms of religious circles and trying to blend that in with our Christianity. 
and it single-handedly destroyed, you know, any chance anyone would have in the future to promote really any types of meditation in the church because you would be automatically classified then if I did that as the emergent church. So should we just go ahead and throw the baby out with the bathwater? Well, first, I think we need to understand what we're dealing with here when we're talking about Eastern philosophy of meditation. You know, most aim at a supposedly higher or altered state of consciousness. Meditation guides claim that normal consciousness obscures sacred realities. Therefore, meditation is practiced in order to suspend rational patterns of thought. And we know, ding, 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 right away, that's not where we are and that's not who we are. We don't want to get rid of thought. You know, be sober-minded. We know as Christians, more than ever, we want to be in the moment. More than ever, we, we need to be aware of what is going on. More than ever, we need to be aware of, is there sin in my life? Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. See if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Well, that cannot happen okay, if I, I'm not realizing what's there. And, and so this is not, as I consider meditation, as we consider meditation, we've got to be careful. This cannot be an emptying of the mind, okay? We, we just can't go aimlessly or try to get around that. So, so to put it simply then, uh, Eastern philosophies of meditation is very similar to what I would call being a teenager, right? <laughs> I've got two teen sons. Oh, man, they are, they've got this down. Then they empty their mind on a regular basis. It's pretty um, easy for them to do so. But but all, off on the side, this is um, something that's serious. It's something that we need to consider. You know, even if, if you do participate in some things like yoga or stretching or Pilates or whatever those things are, we need to be careful okay, not to get sucked into this emptying of the mind and, and allowing really... Um, some some Eastern mysticism and even some satanic activity to become involved or be active in our lives in that way. So the question is this, what is Christian meditation? Is there a place for it? Should it be part of my daily ritual? Should it be part of a weekly rhythm? Do I need to be meditating in order to be the Christian I need to be? Going back in, in, in Joshua, do I need to be meditating in order to be successful, in order to do what God has commanded me to do? You know, going to Psalm 1, you know, his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And in order for us to meditate the way that I feel that meditation can have a part of our lives and, and, and have a part of our Christian walk, in order to do that, the first thing we've got to do is open our ears. Eugene Peterson talks about how we should open our ears and, and how the Hebrew is used in Psalm 40 and verse 6. And it's a, it's a great analogy or metaphor that he uses. And if you've never read Eugene Peterson, you need to do so. Stop the podcast, order a book from Eugene Peterson, and then come back to the podcast. He's a, he's a wonderful man of God, and God has used him in mighty ways. But as he talks about having ears to hear in Psalm 46, he said the Hebrew literally says ears you have dug for me. Okay, so so basically what he's saying is a, a person who is not listening to God's word, okay, without any ears is a blockhead. He's got eyes, nose, and a mouth, but he has no ears. So God has dug those ears for him to listen. God has put those ears and given us those ears so that we may 
hear the things of God. So as we consider meditation, as you consider a time that you spend with God, the first thing we've got to do is to make sure we are listening. Are our ears tuned in to the things of God? In order to do that, we don't empty our mind, but we've got to block our mind of things around us. We've heard people say as you're reading your Bible, as you're praying, to have a notebook beside you. So as those things happen, you can just write down those things that come to your mind so you can block them out. It's a discipline. It's not easy to do because our minds are racing all the time. My mind goes 24-7. It never stops. I do fall asleep easily, but once I wake up, it's game on. There's no laying in bed. There's no going back to sleep because my mind does not stop. It continually goes. And in, it's hard to focus for me to focus in on one thing, to block out all those distractions and everything I need to do. And I wake up in the morning and I want to write this and I want to text this and I want to go here. I need to get that done. And I need just to hit the brakes, stop and listen. What does God have for me today? What is it that God wants me to learn from him today? How can I hear the voice of God if I never stop to listen? It's kind of like in the home when your wife is talking to you and, and you're going here and you're going there. And, and finally she says, are you even listening to me? Well, yeah, I'm listening, but I'm just grabbing some chips while I'm listening and I'm grabbing a drink while I'm listening. No. What is she saying? She's like, she's saying, stop and give me your undivided attention. You need to listen to what I'm about to say. That should be our attitude every morning as we come before the presence of God. We need to stop and we need to start to listen to what God has to say. So listening is a key part, I believe, in this meditation process. Listen, folks, a quiet place is extremely important. You need to have that place set aside with no distractions, no one around, and just be able to spend that time with God. Because Satan wants to interrupt this. He has no desire for you to get to know God. Satan has no desire for you to spend time with God. Satan does not want that to happen. So he's going to send every distraction known to man. He's going to bring every sin that you've ever committed to your mind. He's going to, to interrupt. He's going to bring things to your mind that you should go do right now or somebody you should call right now or somebody you should text right now or a reason you should get up and leave right now. It's going to happen. Okay, when, when you are entering into the presence of God, you are entering, entering into a spiritual realm, but you're also entering into a spiritual realm of warfare. And there's going to be tons of outside demons, if you will, coming in to destroy your quiet place, but you cannot allow that to happen. You've got to keep your mind clear of that distraction. You've got to realize that you are in this place to do nothing but to spend time with God. You need to know where that place is going to be, whether it's down in the basement or up in a closet, up in the attic, above the garage, outside, okay, in a shed. Maybe it's going to be sitting in a car in a parking lot, just spending time with God in that way. I don't know, but I want you to seriously consider it, finding this spot, where it's going to be, when it's going to be, how it's going to transpire so you can have your quiet place. You need that place where you can meet with God. You need that place where you know God is going to dwell there and that you are going to go every morning or every night or every afternoon. And okay, it's time for me to go to my quiet place. It's time for me to go to my place where I am going to meet with God. It's extremely crucial and extremely important that you have a place. 
Now you have your listening ears on. You know God has dug these ears for you to listen to God. You're in your place where you can listen to God. So now it's time to open up our Bibles and let God speak. When we open the Word of God, this is where God speaks to us through His Word, as He wants. Allow God's Word to to come in and just take it for what it is. How does this apply to me today? Or let's take John chapter 2, for instance, and I'm reading that, and it's it's the, the marriage miracle where Jesus turns the water to wine. And Mary looks at them and says, whatsoever he saith to do, do it. Well, what can I draw from that for my own life? I'm like, man, what is God telling me to do? And how many things has God told me to do that I'm not doing? And man, I can, I can think on that for the next 10 minutes. And I could be thinking, all right, God, what is it that, that you have called me to do? And God, what is it that you have asked me to do? And God, who is it that I need to minister to? And, and just meditate on this idea that God wants us to, to do what he's called us to do. Or we go on and, and the, the, Jesus changes that water to wine and we've become a better person for it. And we can meditate and say, hey, am I a better person now than I used to be after God has changed me? And how today can I make an impact on somebody else because God has changed me? You see, right there, we can take these passages of Scripture and just meditate upon them and think on them and allow God to use them to change our lives. That is meditation. That is just thinking on that, allowing that Word of God to soak into our hearts and our lives, avoiding from that distraction. Is God, what do you want me to learn from this today? So I'm taking God's word, I'm taking that in, and it's it's making an impact on my life. And it can be, oh, there's so many different passages of scripture. You know, John 14, Romans chapter 8, there's no condemnation. Nothing will separate us from the love of God. Okay, the, the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ. Any of these passages of scripture that we can take and we can meditate on and we can glean from and we need to. You know, an, another type that we think of as we come before God, we take the word of God. Maybe we just need to come and we need to sit down before the presence of God and just lift our hands up before God and say, God, I need you to take these things. God, my heart is heavy. My mind is racing. Please, God, I'm casting this care upon you, and I just need to take a meditation time before God and seeking God's face and how I need to release this worry to God, how I need to release this anxiety to God, how I need to, to release this financial situation to God, how I need to release my, my kids to God. And God, I give them to you, but I need wisdom and how I'm going to relate to them and how I'm going to, to instruct them in the way they need to go. And, and so I've got to give all that up to God. Okay, maybe it's just taking time and meditating in a time of thanks. God, I just want to sit down and I just want to thank you okay, for what you've given to me. And as I think of my home and my family and God, I think of creation around us, the beauty of the sun this morning, the rain and how it refreshes the snow and the beauty of it. You know, and, and it's a meditation really on the things that God has given to us, his handiwork. Okay, the heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament show us his handiwork. And sometimes it's just, maybe it's sitting outside at night, and, and everything's quiet, everybody's in bed, your neighborhood's shut down for the night, and you're just looking up at the stars, and you're contemplating God, and meditating on him, and his creation, and what he's given to us. You see, there's different ways, as we think about meditating, there's no necessarily one way 
to meditate. There's no one way to, to muse over the things of God. It's not, we can't just say, hey, meditation is memorizing the word of God and, and chewing the cud, musing over it. Okay, there's, there's various forms of that. The, the point I think I want to make about meditation is it's about having a quiet place, getting yourself in the presence of God and being in that moment. We struggle being in the moment. And so I want to do everything I can to eliminate all outside distraction and to have that quiet time with God meditating on him. And I'm telling you, it's going to make a huge difference and impact on your life. So the question is this then, if it's that simple, why aren't we doing it? Because we can't find our quiet place. I'm telling you, the reason I struggle is because I don't want to find my quiet place. You know, I didn't want to sit and meditate this morning. I wanted to get into the office before it starts to get crazy and do this podcast. I don't want to meditate. I just, I want to read because I, I've got to read this book in order to be able to give the Bible study tonight. I, I don't want to meditate because, man, I've got to get up and get the house clean because we've got company coming and the kids are going to wake up soon. So I've got to get everything done that needs to be done. And and we're truly missing out on what God has for us, I believe, on a daily basis or even here in the scripture twice a day in the morning and the night. So I'm going to challenge you this morning to to find your quiet place, get your ears on. God's put them there for you to listen, be swift to hear, slow to speak, right? So to listen and then to take a passage of scripture and maybe just maybe five for this week, maybe just a couple and just pour yourself into that little section of scripture. Pour yourself into that verse tonight and tomorrow morning, this morning and tonight. And, and allow the word of God just to take hold and to take root and to take form in your life and lives and spend that time with him. And you're going to see the word of God make a major impact on you. Meditate day and night. I hope this has been a blessing to you. Thank you so much for joining Trade Talks. If you have any questions, you can feel free to reach out to me. And I hope as you maybe pursue this study even more, that you'll just glean some benefits of meditation. A couple books that I used for this was Celebration of Discipline by Richard Foster and also The Disciplines of a Godly Man by Kent Hughes and obviously The Word of God. Have a wonderful day and thank you for listening in to Trig Talks. If it's been a blessing to you, please feel free to rate it and share it with others.